and welcome to the Cyphers Theatre Podcast, a podcast for university students and recent graduates who are looking to pursue a career in professional theatre. I'm Will Hollyhead, one of the co-artistic directors of Cyphers. And I'm Marcus Paisley, co-founder and one of the other co-artistic directors. Uh, this week we had a lovely chat with James Phillips, who is the director of the National Student Drama Festival and also a very successful writer and director in his own right. His first play, The Rubenstein Kiss, won the John Whiting Award, um, and he's, his work has been seen up and down the country, theatres like the Hampstead Theatre, Sheffield Theatres, St James's Theatre, which is now the Other Palace. And his play, City Stories, transferred to New York, and his play, McQueen, transferred into the West End. Um, so he's a very good person to kick us off with this series. Absolutely. And he's also now the director of the National Student Drama Festival. And in this next kind of half an hour, 40 minutes or so that we chatted to James, um, we got a, to some great and useful topics that will hopefully be of great help to you, both around his work with NSDF and also about how he himself came from a, being a student to being a very successful theatre maker that he now is. So hope you enjoy. James, thanks so much for joining us and giving up your time. Really appreciate it. Um, it's lovely to be here. It's lovely to have you. And I just, um, I suppose, kick it off with how are you? How's, how's this mad, <laughs> crazy old time been for you? I'm good. I'm all right, really. Um, it's been a very busy time in a lot of strange ways um, with creative work and also with uh, running NSDF work. Um, so it's been a it's 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 I've probably had a very strange and diff, slightly different pandemic to most people. And I seem to have been busier than, than usual. But um, but it's yeah, I mean, it's been a tough time and it's a very, very strange and difficult time for, for all of us in the industry. But um, struggle onwards. Full of yeah, hope. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Full of hope and cunning. <laughs> so from an NSDF point of view, you so you had to shift this year online, didn't you? Yeah, that was kind of a... Uh, I mean, it was kind of an exciting one, really. Um, so two weeks before the festival was meant to open, so we basically produced the festival, um, and then we unproduced it two weeks before because lockdown started <laughs> or whatever. Um, and then the next day we decided to reproduce it as a fully online thing, and that was kind of the first time that anyone had done anything like that, So, which was kind of wonderful because it got all this attention and it was, it was very successful, and that was great. Um, the difficulty was no one had done it before. So we were kind of making it up as you go along. And I think um, you know, I had never even heard of Zoom before um, before that, which is probably ridiculous. Now, now we spend all our uh, lives on it. <laughs> I know. I thought, God, I'm, God, I'm sick of Zoom. But at that point, it was kind of new and refreshing. But um, so, so, yeah, so that was a massive um, thing to turn around so quickly. But it was kind of, it went incredibly well. And it allowed us, um, A, I, I think, to give people some focus and some something of interest and a little bit of hopefulness at a very very difficult time because the beginning of april if you remember that was like pretty horrendous um in the country um and it allowed us you know to 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 be open and accessible to a lot lot more people you know we had ten thousand participants in this festival which is kind of extraordinary Ooh. something we turned around in two weeks and people from all across the world as well as from here and because I've tried very hard um, to make all of our online work and all of the stuff that we've done since then free and open to everyone, it's been it's 
been I hope much easier to be fully and completely accessible to anyone um so yeah I mean it was great it was great the the the, the online festival was amazing we had wonderful people and Naima Rice and Mark Ravenhill and Laura Wade and God knows who else and um and pubs and quizzes and workshops and commissioned some new work and 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 all of this was was really good and it sort of spawned a whole new section of the work that um NSCF is doing with new online stuff so we've got um this project called the bigger room um which we run basically pretty much monthly where we have um online masterclasses again which are all free um and we've had um Rosamund Pike and Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Armando Nucci and Mike Lee and everything and God knows who else doing that. Um, we've got another one, another couple of those coming up the very beginning of September. So Kwame is doing one um, and we've got a panel on the future of Edinburgh with um, Yolanda Mercy and Katie Posner and Francesca Moody Um and others, um, I think that's the 4th of September. So there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of useful things and work that's come out of, of, of having to innovate. Um, Definitely, it sounds like I, it. I'm, I'm, I think that's profoundly good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Good. So James, obviously, as you say, this year, it's kind of been as often as the case with crazy times, sounds like more of an opportunity for you than a negative. But just for anybody who's listening, who hasn't maybe heard of the National Student Drama Festival before, um, can you maybe give us a rundown of, in a normal year, if we even remember what that is like, um, what the the National Student Drama Festival usually and historically has been and is? Of course. So NSDF is a a kind of unique charity that exists to be a bridge between um, young people and the industry. and it's open to anyone who's 16 to 25, regardless of what the education they're in or not. Um, and it's based usually around, sorry, my, <laughs> I'm being attacked by my cat, who I don't know what's going on with him, but he's really stressed about theatre at the moment. Let me start that again. Sorry. <laughs> you behave. So, yeah, so NSDF is a kind of unique charity. Um, it's been going since 1956. Um, and it exists purely to be a bridge between young people and the industry. And I hope in the way that we're running it now to be a bridge between young people and other young people. One of the great problems I think we have at the moment in this country is that people have stopped talking to each other and people never talk or meet each other from outside of groups that don't agree with each other. So one of the great goods that a festival can do is bring people together from all around the place to to make stuff and maybe to argue about it and see see and the, the friction that comes from that is profoundly positive i think so we've worked very very hard in the last year since i've uh, got asked to do this um to try and make it more national to try and make it the the people who who come to the festival a much wider group of people from very different um, backgrounds and that's really exciting um but yes, NSTF has been going for 65 years and it's based around a, an annual festival, which is kind of a week in a chosen city. And um, about between 10 and 15 plays are presented and 100 masterclasses and um, evening events and everything. You know, it's a huge 14 hour day um, kind of act of lunacy, really. But it's <laughs> it's helps in, you know, thousands and thousands of people have come through it into the industry so that's it has a value i think particularly at the moment which is um why i decided to try and 
help help and be useful to it a little bit because um particularly at the moment it's hard for people to get a to get a break to get a start yeah absolutely so in terms of people who are maybe thinking about getting involved 16 to 25 year olds getting involved with the festival what are the kind of routes into it that people need to and can take well there's different there's different routes and it will be different this year um because of everything going on with this pandemic um traditionally people apply for shows um and we send out a selector to go and see the shows and then there's there's 12 shows as i say or say uh, 12 or so as i say are chosen um and then the festival is based around that it's going to be slightly different this year and i'm going to be releasing the the plans of what we're doing over the next month or so um but i you know for the first time we're going to be kind of participating in making work from scratch because i think it will be hard i'll be interested to know how many student shows are actually going to be made in the next mm. four months mm. um how accessible they will be for people to see them um and I, I just don't even know how many universities are definitely going back um so we have to as i say you've got to a crisis is always an amazing opportunity uh, if you can look at it the right <laughs> way however painful it seems to be at the time so we're trying to see a way that we can um slightly uh do things differently this year and i think we'll we'll have again between 10 and 12 shows um, and works in progress and workshops and uh, it'll be the same scale but we will do it in slightly different ways so um so there'll be shows that people can get in, um in, in be part of there will be things that you can apply to 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 be part of the work that we're making through the course of the year there'll be as i say a massive workshop program and sort of training and um career opportunities there that anyone can come to you just have to book a book a ticket um and and we'll take it from there but yeah it should be should be quite exciting yeah it sounds great so i mean how much of your time because that sounds like a three jobs in itself so how much of your time nowadays is taken up by all of your nsdf stuff as opposed to your other (laughs) creative bits and bobs well it's been more it's been too much really in in a way recently just because of everything that's been going on um it's meant to be very much a part-time job um like as i'm sure you will know as everyone will know any part-time job expands um <laughs> definitely definitely it's, there's been a little bit of that um and it's probably 50 50 at the moment um but because of because of what we had to do with with turning the festival online this year and all of the opportunities that have come out of that and because of the sort of general industry-wide crisis i.e how how are we going to raise the money to to make all of this happen in a, in a financial situation like we're in it, it has been significant work but um i have been have been doing some writing and we've made a couple of short films this year which have um, which has been fun so there, there's a but there's a balance um to be found but um the last couple of months have certainly been pretty heavy for trying to just keep it keep it going really you know it's 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 a it's a fragile thing anything like mm. this it's, it has a huge impact i think on young people and it can um but it's it's a it's a tiny organization with really very small resources which we're very very careful with in terms of where the money goes um so it's been yeah it's been bonkers but it's i think we've been useful i hope we've been useful so that's good yeah it's certainly i mean it sounds like you've been doing and amazing and look we said the opportunities there the advantages of going online are that suddenly you can actually reach 
so many more people and suddenly something mm-hmm. that was national can become international or people who wouldn't necessarily have access to, to travel or, or uh, mm-hmm. the resources to get to places can suddenly tune in and, and actually get stuff online. I, th- yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And I think it's something that we've really gained. I mean, we've lost a lot because of the last few months with, with coronavirus, but there's something that we have gained um, is the capacity to, 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 to do that. I mean, with this project, the bigger room project, it comes from the, from a sentence I wrote in a, an article in the Sunday times about the thing that um, the online festival, which is, you know, an online room can be a bigger room. It can be more mm. diverse and more inclusive and that's good. Um, there's a big balance to be struck, I think, because I Definitely. think a lot of stuff in terms of people, there was a knee-jerk churning out of online stuff, certainly at the beginning, which was the success was variable, I think, in terms of some of the things that people did. I think what we've got to do, the theatre industry's got to do, is find a way that online work can be be useful, can be theatrical, and, can, and, and doesn't try to be what it can't be. You know, so every so for example, everything that we do, we give away for free, um, whether it's Phoebe Waller Bridge or it's a workshop on um, accounting or whatever part of the, you know, what, whatever level of, of interest there might be. And I have nothing against workshops in accounting. Uh, but, you very know, useful. It's very useful. Uh, very useful. Exactly. I should You've have got to know it earlier. But um, but so we, we we try and give everything away for free, but we also do everything live. Um, so you have to turn up, you have to tune in and turn up and watch it at that time. And we, we don't save it a, because that allows us, it's, it's much easier when you're not trying to phone, phone up, um, you know, a a friend of yours or someone, someone well-known and saying, well, we're going to monetize what we're doing. We don't do Mm. that, but also because, and I particularly felt this at the beginning of this sort of crisis, it was quite, people seemed to quite like just occasionally writing in, in like their diary at five o'clock I'm going to go and do this workshop and it will not happen any other time and that's yeah. a sort of essentially theatrical thing it happens then and then it finishes and then it's done so I think we've tried with the work that we've done online to keep to that um, we'll see how we go but I, I think going forward we will definitely do more of that I, we plan to to um, broadcast all of the workshops we do if we uh if we have a full live 3d festival next year we're going to put all of those on zoom i hope and 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 the shows as well so there's no going back i think from a lot of stuff Mm. Mm. great great going on and hopefully that's true for the industry in terms of you touched on the fact that you're that you have been doing a bit of writing um yeah for you (laughs) you as an artist what what's your journey so where did your relationship with nsdf start and and your sort of journey to this point well yeah it's a bit of a weird one i i didn't go and i'd never heard of it as a student um i got i was a selector for quite a while on and off you know i mean i um many many years i didn't really do anything um just because of other work um and then could you just just clarify yeah. briefly what what a selector does so a selector gets sent out to see the pieces of theater so in a very in in the old-fashioned way that nsdf um, always has been you as a you as a student company or a company of young people would apply for a, would apply to be part of the festival someone would come and see your show and they would write some notes about it and then at the end of the year they would discuss it with an, the wider group of selectors and then a program of 12 to 16 shows would be chosen um, and we've sort of in the brief time we've been doing it, we've been expanding that in, in the sense we've bought work in progress shows, we've changed mm-hmm. how some of the criteria of how it 
works. And we've added a lot of new people to the selection team, which is amazing. Some wonderful people now. Um, so, so that's the sort of that was the, that was the the, the the traditional route of doing. As I said, this coming year, I think will be something slightly different and and slightly more proactive um, in terms of what we do. Um, while still being based around young people mm. making work and, and making companies and making communities. Um, that, that's the sort of primary thing. But, Great. Yeah. Thanks. So, I was, yeah. so I did a bit of the selecting. So I was sent to see plays and, you know, I did a bit of that. Um, and then I didn't really have anything to do with it for years because I was too, just too much on really. And it's just how it goes. And then for various reasons, though, the person doing this job left um, and I got a phone call from the board asking if I'd, if I'd, do it as a kind of part-time thing you know and it was mm. and so we've rejigged it it used to be a, it used to be the, the case that it was a, a smaller team just doing it full-time but now um i'm running it we've got this brilliant general manager lizzie um and a brilliant executive director kim grant who's um you know a finance amongst many things that she is is a financial wizard um and so we've, we're running it on a much more kind of um professional basis i guess um so yes so I, I i've been had an involvement with it for quite a few years but not as a student not as a kid yeah it's interesting because ni- neither of us did it as as students either which is interesting um but it yeah. sounds like your it sounds like under your um guidance it's uh possibly expanding it's uh, spreading <laughs> oh, its wings maybe um, hopefully we're certainly we're doing our best we've been very <laughs> very lucky in the sort of all the people who've come um to take part in it you know we've had um it, it's amazing to get people with such profiles and so busy to to give so much time for free basically to come and help out young people um but yeah i mean we want it to broaden and widen and 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 we want people who would never think that it's for them or for the arts are for them to be part of it, you know. Um, and hopefully that's that's what's going to happen. And so you were because you went to university before going yeah. into theatre yourself, didn't you? It's true. Um, yes. C- can you sort of cast your mind back a little bit to when you were bright-eyed yeah. coming out of university and and thinking? How what were you thinking of going into theatre at that point? Was it was it sort of always in your yeah, head? Yeah, I was. I think yes, definitely I was. I had no real idea how to do it. And my, I didn't know anyone um, really um, at all. I mean, my mum was a secretary, and no one in my family had ever, you know, done anything like this. It was completely bonkers to consider, really. And probably to be fair, that that's still a reasonable point. But it was completely. <laughs> So it was it was really hard, really, really hard, it, like it is for everyone. Um, mm. Unless you have significant family connections, it's it's incredibly hard for everyone. And I think that's part of why NSTF is incredibly useful, because it can shortcut those things. Mm. You know, the whole point is the only reason for this existing is, is for us to help talented young people um, find a way forward. Um, but, yeah, it was completely insane. I seem to remember starting out. I didn't very very tough it's very dispiriting um i was lucky the group of people at, at college that i worked with were all brilliant and it was all there was an energy there but then you leave and that there's no mm. there's not that kind of um sort of perpetuating thing with it you, you you've got to start yourself um and that's tough i mean i was lucky with directing work went really well um relatively early 
Um, mm. Like, you know, I was very, doing things when I was very young that were quite good. Um, what what sort of things didn't were you used like over the time? It felt it felt like you know, years and hundred years had passed before, and actually, <laughs> I, was, I was incredibly lucky. I was directing shows when I was twenty two, twenty three, whatever. But it 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 never feels like that, does it? Particularly when you leave. No, no, definitely not. I mean, so, so what th- sort of things were you directing? Sort of a, a few years out of uni, and so what did I do? Um, well, we did uh, various different things. Um, a director called John Caird um, set up a, a company for emerging artists back then, which lasted a couple of years, and I was sort of associate of that. And we did we directed a Frank McGuinness play called the, "The Longest and Greatest Title Ever," called "Observe the Sons of Ulster Marching Towards the Sun," which is a yeah. magnificent play. <laughs> about the First World War. Um, uh, I directed a production of that at the Pleasance in London, and which we programmed this season of kind of readings and work around, uh, which went really well. And, uh, you know, that was the sort of um, great, great thing to do. And I had, you know, great strokes of luck. Some people came to see it. And I, Michael Grandish came to see it when he was running Sheffield and he gave me a job up there and stuff. So I directed Macbeth for him and then, you know, it sort of got the ball rolling. Um, but then the, the strange thing that happened to me is I, I had I wrote a play, which I didn't mean to do. Mm. Um, in fact, I've never <laughs> Just accidentally wrote a play. <laughs> well, it was a bit like that, really. And I think it, there's a great lesson there in that, you, you know, you've got to <laughs> just surprise yourself sometimes. But um, no, I'd had an idea for a play since um, I, I did some acting when I immediately after I left college and I was, um, I had sort of I had this minuscule part in a play in in the West End and I, I sort of matinee days I'd go to that massive Piccadilly Waterstones you know um yeah and just hang out there really because I had hours to do absolutely nothing and there was a photograph book in there and it had a book uh, a photograph for every year of the 20th century and the photograph of the 1950 was a couple in the back of a police van kissing and I didn't know anything about these people and the caption underneath said uh, Julius and Ethel Rosenberg were executed for giving the secret of the atomic bomb away. Uh, their children maintain their innocence or something. And something, this was years before I wrote this play, but um, something in my head went off um, about this story of the Rosenbergs. And so I spent about two and a half years trying to convince young playwrights, you know, like when you're starting out, everyone has a job title, even if they've never done it. I tried to persuade people that they should write this play for me and then I could direct it and that'd be wonderful. And absolutely no one would do it. Uh, <laughs> in terrible idea so eventually i um i wrote it myself i, I was sort of um i was doing a, a job in stockholm i think i wrote quite a lot of it out there um because i couldn't i literally couldn't persuade anyone else that it was a good idea and this play was um eventually a play called the, the rubenstein kiss which went really well and won some awards and suddenly i was a writer but that was kind of accidental um I love the I love the modesty there of saying it won some awards when it, it <laughs> won the John Whiting Award, which is if you look at the previous winners of the John Whiting Award, it's literally a who's who of of British writers. Well, yeah, that was a nice one to get. That was a very nice one to get. So it's it's funny though because it's it's really easy, and I really I, I, I bang on about this when I'm trying to do um, NSDF. Everything retrospectively is cooler than it than it actually was. <laughs> So, you know, I, I, um, it's true that I wrote a large section of that play when I was 
I was directing Twelfth Night in Stockholm, and that sounds really cool. I also wrote sections of that play at my mum's kitchen because I was so broke I didn't have anywhere else to go, you know. Um, and it's true that that, that production of Rooms Tankers was amazing for me, and, and I directed it, and we had like Sam Bond and Will Keane, and it was amazing. It was just so, I had the most wonderful time in my life. But also, it took about 18 months to get it on, and a couple of super famous actors who were going to do it then pulled out the last minute and everything <laughs> fell apart, and it looked like it was never going to happen, and you're like wailing and shouting at the sky like it's a Greek tragedy or whatever so so <laughs> I think it's it's it it's always the case that even when retrospectively it looks fabulous and easy and everything was great it was bloody nightmare at times um, <laughs> but, I think that the thing that I love about that story though the, the great lesson I take from it is that sense of if you've got an idea just just go for it do it because yeah. no one else is going to do it for you and mm -hmm. and yes you can bring collaborators in to support you and, and absolutely you should but if that if that's an idea that's in your head and it's it's like knocking at your brain then actually maybe maybe you're the one to do it mm. yeah i completely i completely agree with that i think that's vital and i think i suspect it's even harder now for young people to do that um just because mm. I think we're told increasingly we're told what we can't do, what we're not allowed to write about, what we're not allowed um, to consider that we might do. And, and I, I suspect that's not very helpful if you're starting out. You need, mm. you need that kind of just have a swing at it because, you, yeah. as you say, you've got nothing to lose, nothing at all to lose. And that's the, the joy of it because it, it gets harder. That's the thing that people don't really say. That, it gets hard. It's really, it's the more directors that I talk to. Uh, I mean, I talk to more directors than other creatives because that's, that's what I am. But mm. uh, it's it, the more people I talk to, the more I realize how they say, actually, that period early in my career where I was sort of under the radar, no one knew what I, who I was or what I was doing. I look back on that and go, oh, that was great because mm. I could try things. I could get things wrong. And, it, and, and actually... That, that was joyous. And now everything feels like it's under the microscope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. I think that's true. And I think it's also, for me, it's less, I, I don't, I haven't read a review in like 16, 17 years. I, I, I don't, it's not about necessarily what other people think. It's about double guessing yourself. You mm. know, it's, it, certainly when I wrote that first play, it was, I just, I really enjoyed it. And I know that sounds a trite thing. I really enjoyed it. And I remember thinking, I'm never going to get away with this. You know, repeated <laughs> points, the little bits. And, and I think that's a really good lesson. I try and I fail to keep hold of that sense of I'm never going to get away with this when you're writing some things. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it is, it, there is a freedom at the beginning, which is great. And I think there's, a, there's another lovely thing about the fact that you, you sort of decided you were a director a bit. And then actually he was almost writing that play that had, had a really big impact on you. And, and I think, I think we, like you say, we do tend to pigeonhole ourselves yeah. and actually increasingly, I think that that's, why do we do that? It's not, it's not necessary. I think it's, I think it's, not, it's, it's absolute insanity. I think it's something that happens in this country a lot. I don't mm. know why I've, I've always kind of suffered against it. You know, I directed that first production. I've directed quite a few productions of mine and others I haven't, and that's fine. Um, there's a strange sort of 
for an industry which is meant to be full of poets and artists um, and, and pirates and whatever, that we, we, we must watch out not to become too kind of rules-based and sort of twee about stuff, you know. If you, mm. if you can do it, do it. If you, <laughs> if you want to try and do it, do it. And particularly if you've written stuff yourself, you're making stuff yourself, it's yours. You know, you get to say no. And I said no to quite a lot of, particularly with that first play, I said no to a lot of bigger, what seemed to be bigger opportunities because I wanted to do it myself, which may, looking back, have been madness. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Some of the producers, I just said, no, I'm not doing that to it. Just now I look back, I can't believe I did that. But, um, but it felt like the right thing to do um, at the time because I wanted to make it. Um, but, you know, I've never been a very good careerist. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we're kind of already touching their own kind of advice, aren't we? But are there any kind of headline bits of advice or very specific bits of advice that you'd have for anybody who is that student that we once saw were uh, leaving mm. university, knowing what they want to do, but also not having the foggiest of maybe how to do it? Uh, well, there's lots of pieces of advice. I mean, make stuff make stuff, make stuff as much as you can. And whatever it is, I think. As I say, I wrote a play by accident because I wanted to tell the story and no one else would do it. But, you know, so all of the different things that you might end up doing, just say yes to them and do, do it. If it's acting or directing or writing or, or you know, taking a photograph or doing anything, it's all, it's all basically, it's the same thing, but with different skill sets. You know, creating anything is a, is a form of, vision being able to see see through something to see what the actual story is the actual truth of something is regardless of the means um you know street photos the same process as a play it's just <laughs> plays elongated um so the more you can do the more you'll learn um be kind to yourself don't compare yourself to people there's always going to be some kid who like when you're 22 just this this kid will just fly <laughs> and it'll be amazing it'll be like and every you know but it's they may be and it's terrible to say but by 24 they may be out of work for a long time you know mm -hmm. so the, these don't don't compare yourself to people and let it upset you be kind to yourself because that's the only way you're going to get stuff done um and try and maintain some sense of humor about it um <laughs> i remember when i was doing when we did this tech for rubens thank yous um, I'm talking about that paper so much today. But when we did the tech for Ruben Sankis, it was a nightmare. I can't really remember why. Probably it was just we had this big set, a big set that had one set piece flying in a whole um, museum thing out, and then we had this massive thing. And I don't know, I don't know if it worked at first. I don't know. The sound didn't work. Something didn't work. But we had this wonderful photographer called Nobby Clark, who used to be like a um, concert band photographer. He's like a legend, and he was taking the show photos one day and. And I was looking pretty dejected. And I remember him, he, I don't know, I guess he must have been in his 50s or 60s. And he, he was, um, you know, and he charged past, snapping away in the row in front. And he just, he looked at me dejected. Like, <laughs> you know, I was pretty young then. So he was sort of pity on me, I think. And he said, it's only rock and roll, mate. And then he charged onwards. And I always remember that because, it's, you know, it's, it's exactly the right way to look at it, even in the midst of a, a tech for a show that you will basically define whether you have any chance of a career or not and it's heading south it's still only really it's very nice so i've always thought of that as a sort of you know try and get over yourself thing but um yeah and i suppose the other thing would be um is to try and get 
get get a team, get a, a gang of people that you can work with and trust. You know, my friend Alan Lane, who runs Slung Low, is very, very good and hot on this in, in terms of that. Um, and he had that very young, which I never did, because um, all of my college friends, we all went off and did different things. Um, everyone's pretty lucky, very lucky in cases with it. But still, it's it's good to you can get people you can work with and develop a language with and stuff early. That's really helpful and nourishing, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose just one more thing that maybe people might be interested to hear, because you've obviously spoken about um, various people who in your younger days you were able to either get to come along to shows or get to meet and mm. then work for them in companies so in terms of kind of these gatekeepers of the industry like for example getting Michael Grandage to come and watch your show mm. at the Pleasance have you got any advice for anybody who's thinking oh how do I get to speak to these people how do I get them to come to a show have a coffee with them yeah well the first thing is to write to people um always write letters and as soon as you've or emails or whatever as soon as you've sent it forget it i don't sit there hoping don't, don't sit there stressing about getting a reply don't sit there stressing thinking people are irritated with you and don't feel that kind of shame of trying of asking for anything because you know a there's no point b if people are going to ignore you or be grumpy then fuck them frankly um <laughs> it doesn't make any difference um and see you've got to do it i mean with grandage i was really lucky with that one because i'm terrible at it i'm absolutely terrible at it i was completely terrible when i was starting out because i was constantly ashamed and worried about writing to anyone i'm not very good at it but my my great friend and collaborator david farley is a brilliant designer he designed that sons of ulster show and he at that point um, was assisting Christopher Oram, who was Michael Grandage's designer. And Christopher came to see it, and Christopher just loved it. And um, he's been a, he was a huge supporter and helper. And he, he, he forced Michael to come, basically. <laughs> so <I think> Michael <laughs> quite reluctant, but he really, he really loved it. So, that, so it's sort of, you know, it's, it's, it, you need a, a little bit of luck and people passing things on. That's what's valuable, I think, about oh, NSDF and what I really missed not having been there as a student is you you get this inbuilt um group of people who will can advise and help you you know so all of my selection team and all of the the people that i bring in are all professionals there's no teachers or anything like that it's people who do this for a living who want to try and help people out so you will get um that usefulness um through this and I think that's valuable. But yeah, it, there's no there's no easy way around it. Um, and 90% of the letters you sent probably won't be responded to. Um, and that's fine. It's, it's, I mean, it's shit, but it's it's just how it is. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing you can do about it. You've got you to try that. Um, and see. Um, yeah. Great. Lovely. Well, I mean, thank you so much. I think that's that's been a really useful chat and i think full of so many in so much insight so much about nsdf and about and then useful advice for you from yourself and your experience as well um and if people do want to learn more about nsdf where where should they look they should look on our website which is let me not get this wrong nsdf.org.uk um so everything will and follow us on twitter so we we hammer things out on twitter uh, and facebook a bit but um yeah and there'll be loads and loads of stuff coming up um email us if if, if you're making a piece of theater and you want it to be considered then do email us but 
um, as I say, we're, we're all kind of like everyone in the industry, we're sitting waiting to see what the government says about what we can go and see and what colleges say and whatever. But we will be making um, lots of work and creating lots of groups of, of young people um, this year. Um, so, yeah, fo follow us for those opportunities and, um, and just drop us a note. You know, our email addresses are on the website. We, um, we will respond to everyone and we will be useful. The, the watchword is to just try and be useful. So we will be useful in any way we can. Super. We'll put, we'll put links to those things on the, on the episode description. So, so you can, uh, you can see all those there and, and head over and, and have a look and, um, and yeah, thanks so much for your time, James. And, Not at all. Uh, it's lovely to meet you both. Thank you very thank much. You. Well, there you go. That was our chat this week with James Phillips, the director of the National Student Drama Festival, which I don't know about you, Marcus, but I thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, it was fantastic. Really enjoyed it. What was um, the main thing that you'd say you took out of that? I think the main thing for me is not to pigeonhole yourself. If you want to write something, write it. And if you've got an idea, make it. Just get out there and do it. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, I think two very specific things that James said, which which that with the story about the photographer telling him that it's just rock and roll. Um, and also him referring to all of us as pirates. But I think <laughs> that's it, isn't it? You've got to enjoy it. You've got to have a bit of fun. You take the good thing out of it, which is the joy, the enjoyment and the fun, I think, ultimately. Yeah, yeah and put it in for some perspective. So um, thanks for listening. Um, if you enjoyed that episode and you want to hear more, then subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, and you can also, if you've got any questions, you can catch us on Twitter at Cyphers UK. And if you use the hashtag Cyphers Create, then uh, we will see if we can get your questions in and, uh, and answer your questions on Twitter as well, potentially. Yep. So until next time, pirates, pigeons, rock and roll, and take care. Bye for now. Bye.